You are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio. And you are listening to Brennan and Tony and Kathy and Jody and Dave and Hank and Craig. A big mix of stuff. But primarily, we're talking about DC today. A lot of DC news. Uh, Brennan's going to bring us up to speed on what's happening in Future State. Tony and Kathy are going to do a little throwback on an older Wonder Woman graphic novel by Mike Diodato. And uh, Dave and I are going to talk about the new animated, uh, amazing martial arts mystery, Batman, Soul of the Dragon. But first, let's, uh, let's hear about what you're reading there, Tony and Kathy. Tell us about Wonder Woman. Well, you know, I don't really know a lot about Wonder Woman. I don't really read Wonder Woman, but I wanted to go back in time to the 90s when I actually did read Wonder Woman. And I picked up a trade paperback, and it's just called Wonder Woman, and it's from 1995. It came out in an era of, I like to call it the image era. Back in 92, Image was formed, and I think because they had such great artists go on to do their own thing, uh, at this point, all the other companies were trying to catch up. So DC was definitely one of those companies that was trying to catch up. And what was happening at that time uh, with, with characters is there was a huge change in how people were perceiving characters. Um, there's always been a thing with uh, women, you know, scantily clad, but they were really pushing the boundaries at this time. Uh, and Mike Diodato is probably one of the founders uh, of making Wonder Woman look a lot less Wonder Woman and uh, a lot less uh, model. She definitely looks like a model through the whole thing. Uh, Artemis is actually, Wonder Woman's mom finds out with, in a dream that uh, Wonder Woman is going to die. So she does the thing that she is good at and she tells her daughter that she can no longer be Wonder Woman and makes another woman Wonder Woman. Artemis becomes Wonder Woman. And uh, not to give up the story, but uh, you know, kind of a mean thing to do if you know someone's going to die I guess you pull somebody that you love out of that situation and put somebody in you don't know and in the end uh Artemis is actually you know he goes she's dead but <laughs> is is so is Artemis the one who has to wear the the biker shorts and the no and no. that's the best part of the whole story so what happens is because Wonder Woman can't be Wonder Woman anymore she comes out and she wears the biker shorts and the bra. So she's now oh. uh, wears a bra and biker shorts, and she's actually fighting alongside Wonder Woman. Mike Theodora is the king of hair. He draws hair that just flows. Like some of the hair in this book is probably like ten feet long. Uh, just look yeah. at the cover of the first of the first page here. There's just like there's seven feet of hair coming behind <laughs> Artemis. Like I can't imagine how someone would be able to even like walk. It'd be dragging <laughs> behind you. You'd have hair yeah. that would drag behind you. So that is one of the the interesting things about the book. But it's actually a pretty good read. I actually enjoy it. Uh, I I wanted to reread it. Um, there's so much that was taken from the image time. Um, all of the men look like Pitt, which was a really big image uh, uh, character at that time. And all the uh, the men are all you know dressed in the metal. Everyone has like a metal chest, a metal body, uh, which is '90s at the time. Uh, the Joker does make an appearance in the book, which is you know very very quick. Uh, but if you want to see a really awesome book 
about uh, Wonder Woman uh, looking really, really, really scantily clad, dressed in a bra, uh, that would be the way to go. Uh, one thing I really wanted to talk about in this little segment is actually the 90s and how much they changed, how image actually changed the way people were perceiving comics. Because if you think about image, the people that started it were just uh, artists. There was no writers. There was nine people that started it. Not one of them was a writer. So all these guys got together and they made this company and they're all artists. So of course, everything's going to look beautiful and pretty. So to catch up with that, all these writers were kind of like left out of the picture and it was all about getting artists that can like look and draw like the image artists. So that's kind of what happened. And because of that, a lot of weird things started to happen. We noticed a lot of stuff like armor. There's a lot of armor. Our, uh, Batman, the big Batman Azrael. When Azrael took over from Batman, when Batman got his back broken, it, he became the armor guy. Now this again was one of these things where everything kind of changed in comics. It was all like his weapons were knives and it was all kinds of like, uh, he was gritty and he went and he beat people up to death and to near death. And, but he was all armor. I can't imagine, if you look at the pictures of Azrael now, I, I can't imagine how he would walk. There's no way in the world that he could actually walk in the costume that he has if it's just middle. And another big thing with the time was all these pouches. Like, what's in these pouches? What, <laughs> what, what exactly is in these pouches? Um, so Captain America, it's like, and that's Batman. So at that time, like I said, so Captain America also got a bit of a, an over, uh, overhaul and he also became this armored man. So a man with super soldier serum, all of a sudden is given this armored costume and he looks like, I don't know if you've seen the seventies, um, uh, the live action Captain America seventies and wearing the motorcycle helmet. So this, he actually looks like he's wearing a motorcycle helmet with this armor. And like the armor, again, how does armor have ribs? Like you, you can see like his muscles. Six pack of abs. Six pack of hams. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Catwoman, yeah. Catwoman got armor as well. She, her armor was also a skin tight. So skin tight that you can actually see her belly button. So if you're wearing <laughs> armor, you want to make sure that there's a belly button that, uh, that looks the same way. Um, Daredevil. Now, Daredevil's armor wasn't that bad. It was kind of spotty in places. So he's got this, the skin tight uniform and then he has this armor. But the armor itself looks like if he actually were to bend over, it would actually, you couldn't have any movement in your body. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, and then sometimes you would see the one armed armor. You would have armor on one arm, but not the other arm. And I think to myself, why would someone have armor on a one-armed armor? Like, what do you get in case you get hit by it in that one arm? You can throw that arm out and stop that from happening. Maybe if you were Arrow. Maybe, maybe if you know. were what? Maybe if you were Arrow. If you were Arrow, like you. Yeah, could, like you're shooting. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think you're just making that up. So, um, so there you go. So then. Oh yeah. You yeah. got this stuff that starts happening that's weird, and that, again, they're they're going for the image look. Uh, and this was one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen happen. Um, they actually gave Invisible Woman a new look. So she's always worn the blue, the blue uniform, but they decide to give her, uh, she's basically wearing a bikini, I guess. A bikini with a large cutout for a, called the boob window. She has a boob window. So <laughs> basically you're looking at 
Wonder Woman with a boob window, and she has these crazy bands on her arm. I don't know why. So if I'm putting on clothes, but that was the '90s thing, right? The armband, armband tattoos, yes. and all that stuff. I don't right? know. I, I guess, but it wasn't a tattoo. They were actually bands. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually getting uh, a band on your arm. So you're like, get it. So I'm putting on my suit. Put on my bathing suit, put on my, my two-piece, yeah. and I'm going to get my bands out, and I'm going to slide these bands on my arms, and I got bands. The uh, bands on my yeah. arms. Wrestlers in the 90s also used those, because it, it popped your veins out. You know what? Like yeah. uh, what was the big wrestler that, that you were in love with uh, that had the, the bands? <laughs> I was in love with that guy. Yes, you were the guy that had the bands. I can't think what his name was. Ultimate uh, uh, Yes. Who is yes. it? The Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, yes! <laughs> Ultimate Warrior had the bands. That was awesome. So uh, did so Brutus the Barber Beefcake just sing. Oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Brutus Brutus Randy, Randy Macho Man, too. Macho Man he had also, also had the, the bands, yes. So you have this huge thing that things are changing. The, one of the biggest ones was Superman. They, they had already killed him off. So when he comes back, they give him red and blue power. So there was actually at this point, they split Superman up into two and they give him a new suit. But the worst I think was Wolverine. They took his adamantium skeleton away. And when they did that, they also took away his nose. So somehow, so somehow at that time, if you look at Wolverine, he is actually wearing a, like a huge bandana that goes down past his eyes. And he's like eye cutouts and his nose is missing. <laughs> there you go. I don't, I don't even want to get into Heroes Reborn. Holy moly. That's that with the life out and the least stuff, that's another thing. So if you want to get back into uh, your 90s, look for the, uh, the tank tops, the chains, uh, the straps, the buckles, the spikes, the ponytails, the mullets, and everyone had a costume change every episode. There you go. That's my take on the 90s. And that's why I'm reading Wonder Woman uh, for Mike Diodato. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, well, let's go to something new in uh, DC. Brennan, what's the what's the state of future state? Ooh, I, I like the wordplay there, Jody. Well, well done. Um, there, future state's the big event right now. There's a lot of, of series coming out. Like I said in my last discussion of this, I wasn't even going to read future state. I wasn't going to be sucked in. And then I picked up a few issues. And I'm actually really enjoying it, which is kind of nice for a change. Um, in no particular order, uh, let's talk a little bit about Kara... Zorel, Superwoman number one. Um, and here we find Superwoman is on a moon, on the moon colony. And the moon colony is being used for people that are disfranchised, need like a safe haven. And she has kind of become like the guardian of the moon colony, whether people have asked her to or not. She's taken on this sort of like this vow of non-resistance and non-violence. Um, a visitor comes in from the Star Swamp asteroid named uh, Larni Lilialo, I'm guessing. And she needs help. And so Superwoman is trying to coach her through it. Um, the art is great. It has this kind of watercolor aesthetic to it. Um, at first, it kind of appears like a young adult story, but it's, it's really well written. The pace is really good. And of course, there's a twist ending at the end. So if you like Superwoman and are looking for a different take on it, or Supergirl, I guess, but now as a woman, check that one out. Catwoman in the future is attempting to heist a train that has some precious cargo. Um, what it is, we don't really know again until the end. This one has a couple surprise cameos, which I kind of liked a couple of characters I didn't expect to appear in it. The artwork, uh, Otto Schmidt does the artwork and it has really cool panel layouts and it's very grounded in, in reality, but it has this like futuristic sheen kind of to it. So if you want a good heist story, read Catwoman. Uh, Future State, Immortal Wonder Woman number one. 
So this isn't just Wonder Woman by Joelle Jones. That one isn't out yet. The Immortal Wonder Woman, we have Diana Prince going back to Theramskia and she says, we need to leave Earth. It's a, the planet's not going well. We need to get out of here. And they say, no, we read the stars. There's an evil coming. We have to stay and defend the planet. Turns out Darkseid is coming towards the Earth because Apocalypse is being destroyed. So we don't know if the evil is Darkseid coming to Earth or if this evil is going to be following him. Good story. There's a wonderful panel, Darkseid looking bored on his throne, which I always love. So check it out just for that panel on its own. The second story is Nubia in Future State. And so this is Wonder Woman's twin sister in the mythology from the 70s. She was made out of dark colored clay. And so she's African-American in ethnicity. And she is one of the last remaining Amazons on the planet. So it turns out the Amazons did leave, I guess, because she's one of the last ones there. And there is a heist at a museum where an artifact is stolen and she has to find out why. Uh, the art is great. It's, I love seeing different versions of Wonder Woman from different parts of the country. I always find that really fascinating. And speaking of hair, Nubia has amazing hair. I didn't want to talk about it in the review, but how they draw it as part of the action sequences is really good. So check that one out. The Dark Detective. This is the Bruce Wayne story in the future where he's presumed dead and Batman has also been presumed dead. The magistrate has said, we got him because they're this private security company that's going after all the capes and either they capture them or they seem to kill them. The first one was, was good. It was kind of like Bruce Wayne and Blade Runner, you know, running away from drones and that type of thing. Issue number two, we get more of a backstory of what's been happening and the politics behind it. It's a bit more introspective. The writing is better as far as the dialogue and things. And it moves the story along really well. We learn more about Batman and his new life and not having money and, and living with a conspiracy theory roommate and driving a used motorcycle. And I super like this pared down Batman, right? Like he doesn't have fancy gadgets. He's just wearing a really more of a simple suit. There's no big, huge cape. He's driving a used motorcycle and has a detective story to figure out. On the strength of the dark detective number two, if it keeps going as well as it is right now, I think it's definitely going to be a front runner for one of the better, if not, yeah, one of the best future state stories. First one was good and the second one just really, really elevated it. The next Batman is uh, Jace Fox, who is, he takes over the mantle and it just kind of follows his life. The artwork is very good for a crime comic. Issue two is the first time you see Jace without his mask on, um, and the first time that we have an African-American as Batman, so that's exciting to see, uh, and just how he's interacting with the magistrate and dealing with the emotions of being a new Batman. And then we have Suicide Squad. In the future, the team looks like the Justice League, but it turns out they're not, so, you know, ooh, big surprise, they're evil. If you like Suicide Squad, you'll like this comic. If you're not a Suicide Squad yeah, fan, you could probably skip that one and uh, go pick up The Dark Detective instead. So, uh, so far, it's been a good read, and uh, I'm excited to see what's coming out next that I haven't read, read yet. Awesome. Well, I bought it all. I haven't read any of it. So that's the story of my life. Okay, we're going to throw things over to Hank and Craig, and then we're going to talk about DC cartoons. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Siliphant and Hank Cruz, and we are here on CFCR 90.5 FM, and we are on Punch Radio, and we're going to talk about some stuff we've been watching or seeing or doing. Uh, I got a big list of stuff, actually, but I know you got a couple things, too, Hank. Why don't you uh, 
start her off there. Well, I'll start. I've got a couple things. Uh, first thing was that uh, when we were talking about some of the worst shows of last year, or the worst movies, um, you reminded me about Scoob, and then I got I got really upset about it. And then I think you recall you said that uh, you watched SpongeBob with your son, yes. and that that was uh, like an atrocious movie. So uh, as it turns out, we we watched that on the weekend, and uh, yeah, you're right. That's a, a horrible movie that nobody should watch ever. The reason why I brought that up is the first thing I want to talk about is a great thing to watch with your kids, but SpongeBob is not. So I can't say enough about The Investigators on Netflix. It's an Australian kids show that honestly, it's making me laugh more than it's making my kids laugh. A group of four grade five students led by a better than Nancy Drew Maudie start a real world Mystery Inc. detective type agency where they help their schoolmates and their neighbors solve everyday crimes and mysteries. They film it like a mockumentary with some of the four of the cast trading places as narrators for each episode or story. Now the short 15 minute stories are put into one half an hour episode on Netflix. So you get two every time uh, they are shot edited with perfection, a cast full of young actors with skills above their age. It is so much fun. I just showed a 96 out of 100 for this thing. If you want to watch something with your family, you got to check it out. Uh, honestly, the only thing they're missing in here is a, a talking dog like Scooby-Doo. Like it is, it is so cool. Uh, the other thing is moving on to more adult fare. The sister, AKA Because the Night, is a four episode British mini series available on Crave in Canada. The internet says that almost a decade into his new and devoted married life, Nathan is rocked to the core when Bob, an unwelcome face from the past, turns up on his doorstep with shocking news that triggers a series of catastrophic decisions which cleverly drive a tense and compelling narrative, narrative of suspense, dread, love, and possible redemption. So really, here's the deal. It's a psychological thriller slash whodunit with a supernatural twist or two mixed with some tasty poached red herrings in there that'll keep you entertained for the four episode stretch. You need to check it out. What I enjoyed is it is four episodes, so they're not trying to stretch it out into 10 and throw a bunch of garbage in there you don't need. Four episodes on Crave. It's uh, kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. You should check it out. Cool. Yeah, I saw the like. Uh, I guess you'd call it a poster, but the little the little thing for it on the Crave app there, and uh, looked interesting. And I did see that uh, detect. What's it called? The detectives. The investigators. Oh, the investigators. Yeah, I saw that one too, and I thought that actually my kids might like that one. Little, oh, little kids love, love like mysteries, like solving a mystery. So. Yeah, I'll check those out. Uh, I've seen a bunch of stuff, and I have a quite a random assortment of things here. Uh, but on the movie front, uh, I saw a movie called Saint Maud, which is the new like A twenty four release. Who released movies like Midsommar and and Hereditary and stuff like that? Uh, you can read the full review at thefeedbacksociety.com, But it wasn't written by me; it was written by our contributor Noah Dimitri. Uh, however, I read his review and was like, "Yeah, this is pretty bang on." So um, it's a basically a movie about a woman who is a nurse in personal care and she's taking care of this uh, uh, other woman who's dying of cancer and uh, she may or may not be having some kind of like religious uh, uh, like talking to God basically uh, and so it's I don't want to give too much away so it sort of goes from there uh, ultimately the movie's really well constructed but uh, kind of felt a little bit hollow at the center but I still think it's still it's worth checking out uh, I also saw on, on the movie side of things Greenland, which I know you uh, saw too. 
Oh yeah. Where uh, Gerard Butler, uh, it's basically like uh, Armageddon or Deep Impact, uh, circa 2021 with Gerard Butler, and he uh, is has an estranged wife and a kid and they kind of get back together for this birthday just as the asteroids start hitting the planet and then he has to you know basically get his family to greenland uh uh, i actually like i had very low expectations for this one i mean gerard butler does not have a great track record and uh neither i mean neither do some of these sort of apocalyptic movies uh even though i watch a lot of them but it was okay i mean i would call it fairly average but uh it was probably better than i thought it was going to be what did you think of it uh, I was surprised at how dark it was, um, sure. and because it's uh, most of those movies are. Uh, I, I know the one or two things that were missing was a dog um, that is throughout the whole movie, and you're more concerned if the dog makes it than the people. <laughs> also, there there was no school bus full of children crossing a bridge that was falling apart, uh, but there was a lot of American flags in there, especially a couple big ones. So it was still uh, still America and uh, Gerard Butler. Well, uh, I would trust him to save me, but. Um, uh, yeah, it was a little darker than I expected. So I, I like that part of it. Yeah, I, and I would trust Gerard Butler to save me. I just wouldn't trust him to release a great movie. Uh, <laughs> on the TV side of things, I I don't really have too much to say about this one, but I just started Perry Mason, which we may have talked about before because I think you saw oh, it. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, so I liked the first episode. I'm not 100% sure if I'm full in, but I'm going to watch another one and, and see what I think. So, uh, and that one was definitely like, speaking of dark, like there's a deceased baby in that one who's had some, let's just say, things happen to it after it was deceased. And I had to actually look away from the screen, which is funny because I can watch like a horror movie where a guy gets a lawnmower in the face and I just cackle like an idiot. But I had to like actually look away from the screen, even though it's just flashes of it. Uh, So it was pretty crazy. Uh, But I want to also quickly talk about uh, Better Call Saul season five. So I just finished it. Obviously, it aired last year, so I was a little bit behind. But man, what an amazing season. We're getting closer and closer to Breaking Bad. But I wanted to quickly mention the acting. The uh, obviously Bob Odenkirk and uh, Rhea, I think her name's Rhea Seahorn, uh, plays Kim Wexler. She does a, a, a great job. They both do a great job. Uh, and, you know, Odenkirk, uh, Saul goes through some PSD in this season. And man, it's just like that guy is just, he's just getting so good. Uh, but there's the guy, I forget his name. Actually, I should have looked this up before we started, but the guy that plays Lalo who is sort of one of the cartel guys that they're coming uh, up against. And he is like, the actor is just amazing. He it's worth watching the entire season just for his performance. He's like, he's so charming and like likable in some moments. And then he just turns on a dime, like, and he's just terrifying. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great character and he's played really well by the actor uh, that, that plays him. So um, definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, uh, better call Saul. Uh, now that you have finished that season, are do you like it more than Breaking Bad? Yeah, you know what? I it's funny because I was uh talking about this with somebody the other day. The like Breaking Bad, I tried to watch it a second time and it's good, it's still great, but a lot of the like a lot of its strength came from its twists and turns and surprises. And when you know those things already, like there's still a great character arc happening and, and some awesome acting and everything in that show. So it's still a great show, but it's, it always gets mentioned with like the wire and the Sopranos, like is one of the best shows that's ever been on TV. And I'd say it's like right up there, but I, I, I don't think it's quite as good as those two shows that I mentioned for that reason. Whereas I think better call Saul will actually have better rewatchability because it really is a lot more about the characters and, and, and stuff like that. And less about those sort of twists and turns, which maybe is, 
changing a little bit as we get closer to breaking that in the timeline. But um, so, you know, they're very different shows. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I think Better Call Saul is probably the better show. What, what about you? I think so, too. Yeah, I love Breaking Bad. But when it comes down to it, uh, I do Better Call Saul, I think, is the better show. So I do enjoy watching it. Nice. Uh, I was going to talk about a record that I got, but I'll save that till next week because we are out of our time, my friend. So I'm going to throw Bye. back to Jody and everybody. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody has a good weekend. Bye. Okay. Thank you, fellas. So recently the uh, newest addition to the uh, DC animated universe came out called Batman Soul of the Dragon. This one is produced by Bruce Tim, So awesome already. Directed and written by uh, Sam Liu. And it's awesome. It's set in 1970s uh, for the flashback stuff. And then it comes forward to the future. And what I like about it is that it is not a Batman story as such. Like Bruce Wayne is in it and he definitely is Batman. But basically the story surrounds um, about six protégés which have gone to this temple in the Himalayas and they're being trained by Osensei to, you know, better themselves and also potentially like save the world because there's this like crazy gate that he won't talk about and uh some of the other students are really great and they are 70s comic book characters who are a little bit more obscure that you don't get to hear from very often so you've got richard dragon you've got lady shiva you've got bronze tiger aka ben turner and then you've got these two other characters, Rip, Jagger, and Jade. And uh, eventually, you know, flash forward to the future, Richard Dragon finds Bruce in Gotham and says, listen, the world's going to end because, like, this horrible cobra cult is going to open the gate and we have to do something about it. So they get all, all the old students back together to try to thwart that. Yeah, there's kind of a supernatural MacGuffin, which serves as like the vehicle to get you lots of Kung Fu mm -hmm. and lots of 1970s fashion music aesthetic. Yeah, the music in this is excellent. The score of this, like I would buy this soundtrack. It's really, really good. It helps the, the action move along really well. And it, you feel like you're in the 1970s. Like Gotham looks really gritty and dirty. The clothes are awesome. The hairdos are awesome. We're talking about hair a lot in this episode, yeah. but the hair is really good. DC is, is looking after its hairdressing. That's, and like cards on the table time, like for all of the like feature length superhero content that we take part in, and we take part in a lot of it, the big events at our house really are when DC, like about every three months, puts out one of these animated 70 minute features. Those are kind of our favorite, like we like some of the live action hero stuff too, but these ones are consistently good. And this is maybe one of the better ones. Yeah, the last few releases over the last, I'd say two years have been good, but not great. But this is back on track. This is great. It's well worth checking out. You can get it on Blu-ray, you can download it, but it is awesome. Yeah, Soul of the Dragon. Soul of the Dragon. If you've watched a lot of like martial arts movies, live action, it's hard to show you something new mm -hmm. if you're a fan of that. So watching somebody animate those kung fu sequences in a really good way 
Magic. Yeah, magical. It's magic. All right, that wraps up another episode of Punch Radio. Thanks for tuning in. You know where to find us here on CFCR every Friday at 6 o'clock. In the meantime, keep your dukes up.